2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience AFC, NFC Championship Games, DraftKings picks and tr- preview. It is a two-game slate, obviously, so I'm going to be talking this through with Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com. But first, I have to remind everyone, if you want to get into a draw, for 100 DraftKings dollars, here's what you do. You subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you enjoy about this show, boom. You're in that draw for 100 DK bucks. You want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks? Smash the like button for the video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me the big name on the two-game slate for this slate that you are going to fade this week. 100% fade. that means if you play 100 lineups, zero of 100. You play one lineup, zero out of one. That way you can get into a draw for 20 DK bucks. If you're missing some DraftKings action, highly recommend you get into golf because I cover golf. And you can just enjoy some great golf shows. But if you use FantasyNational.com and FantasyNational.com slash PME, get yourself 20% off. You get in the game. It's super easy. And trust me, if you like football DraftKings, you will love Golf DraftKings. It's set up. Weirdly the same way except for instead of one day it's 4 days what well, more bang for your buck so go check that out Jake how was Vegas
3: <laughs> You know we saw each other It we was did. good I I lost some money on the poker table with a bad poker table recommendation though so uh, the good times were what we had
2: Now see the move was uh so Andy Barron's from Yahoo. Brad Evans was lurking around as well near the sports book. And like their old producer from Yahoo went to San Jose State. So everyone just started betting San Jose State plus 12 and a half. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I am in. and then they covered and like they were down by 19 with three minutes ago so- and lost by 11. It was fantastic.
3: I actually, funny enough, the poker table that was not a good idea to go to. The guy sitting there at the table, because it was the night before, said tomorrow night, lock the night, San Jose State. So there you go. Apparently, that was a well known for the sharps out there. But I, I did put, I put a bet before I left because of the one time I could bet. The lady messed up. What do you do, Pat? I said I didn't even know this until I walked away. She messed up my ticket.
2: Uh, I think that's now on you.
3: I know. Cause I, so I did what you said. I said, you know, if you're going to take the Chiefs, don't find an alternative spread. But they didn't have that. So what I did is I took the Chiefs to cover, but I also took the Chiefs over 30.5. She put over for the game and I realized until I walked away that that's what she did.
2: Well, I guess in one sense, if the Chiefs are going to hit the over for their total points, the over is probably likelier to hit.
3: I mean, I guess so. but I, And I brought it back with, like you said, the Green Bay to cover. That was, so you helped me with my three-team parlay before I left.
2: Pat Mayo does not condone parlays. I prefer individual <laughs> bets. Parlays tend to be losing bets.
3: I know, but it was i was it's the only time I can't bet, we can't bet here in Virginia. It was a one-time thing. It was like, I might as well just have fun with it before I go home.
2: All right. Well, I see. I enjoy that. So you just do it for entertainment. Then you don't feel so bad when you lose. And if you win, it's fantastic. Let's talk about this slate, though. On DraftKings, only the two games. So just honestly, when you start filling out your lineups, you have to do some of the key things if you don't want to get duplicated by leaving some money on the table, obviously. And there's only so many combinations. I don't even know if any of them actually work out to have zero left on the table. So <laughs> everyone's going to be leaving some on the table. So you need you can leave a ton on the table. You can try to leave like a thousand on the table. Whatever you know, lineup that you end up telling yourself that you know this one can win, then that's probably what you have to do. But I think the move is the high-end fade, and that was the giveaway for this episode is, do you have the balls to not play Derrick Henry? And if you don't, then you X out 80% of the field if he has a bad game. That kind of move. It doesn't need to be Derrick Henry. It could be Devontae Adams, whoever it is. So we'll try to talk through that position by position and find out who it's going to be. And we'll start at running back, and there are very limited options. Uh, Derrick Henry being the most expensive one, he's $8,700. The thing is, Unless you take every single expensive player on the board. And even then, you could probably still squeeze them all in. But let me ask you would you rather do Derrick Henry or fade Derrick Henry and use Williams and Jones? Because that's essentially like using two of these three is going to be the move unless you find a way to smack all three of them in.
3: See, I think the more commonplace, so as you say, if you want to exit out a lot of the field, is going to be what you said with the Williams and Jones pairing because we've talked about it in the episodes before, and I think people are starting to get wisened up to it in the fact that you want to pay up for running back for that security, and I think that people are going to look at this, and you and I talked about it. You, you're, you're the one who made the case for it, and we talked about it while we were in Vegas is you kind of start to create your own stories here, and if you're creating a story, I think a lot of people inherently are going to be on the story the Chiefs are going to score. And in that case, you start to worry a little bit about Derrick Henry. Mind you, you run against the Chiefs the way we know that. And Derrick Henry has been running the ball like a monster since the end of the season. But I think that a lot of people will sit there and go, well, you know, Williams is going to score a lot. The Packers should be able to come against the 49ers, and then they're probably going to talk themselves into the fact that not everybody's going to be on Jones because of the 49ers defense and because of the savings. I think you're going to get a lot more of that duo than you will Henry and X.
2: Here's the thing, though: Is fading Derrick Henry just like I'm? I'm so smart. Watch me fade Derrick Henry. Like people have been doing the past two weeks, and then look, be like, oh, he has forty DraftKings points. Perfect. I lost.
3: That's kind of how I feel about it because I think that even if the Chiefs walk away, look, even if they cover and cover the 30.5, and even if this is 40-point game for them, I still think there's going to be enough from Tennessee in this game that whether or not they're passing, whether or not they don't they don't ever get that much of a volume passing where it's like 75% passing, 70% passing, and all of a sudden it's only Deion Lewis. So I think Derrick Henry for me. I'm putting him in. I, I don't care if that I'm in with 80% of the field or 50% of the field. I just feel like he's a smart play similar to earlier this year where people are trying to talk themselves out of Christian McCaffrey at 9,500 and 10,000. You can do it. You're fine. But you're, most of the time, it's wrong. Like There was one week where that really didn't pay off for you for Christian McCaffrey
2: being the opposite where he didn't come through. So other than a high-end fade to differentiate your lineup, the move – it's probably best to do it receiver over running back. Although when we spoke last week, anyone that ended up using Tevin Coleman ended up doing pretty well. So out of all like the scrub running backs and I, I none of the Niners running backs are scrubs. It's just, there are too many of them. So we can't really <laughs> project which one it's going to be like it was Coleman last week. Does that mean it's Coleman this week? Absolutely not. We do not know that. So it could be Moss <laughs> start again. It could be Breda like, or would you prefer to use one of the San Francisco guys or, would you take a shot with like Jamal Williams and hope that this is his game all of a sudden?
3: There you go, one hundred percent. That's actually I don't want to like and look, but there's going to be lineups. There's only two games here. I went Derek Henry, Jamal Williams because I went up for Derrick Henry and then I brought it back like you just said with Jamal Williams uh, to sneak a preview, a little jumping ahead. It was with the Packers defense, but the Jamal Williams situation. It's really look, this can go wrong probably what, 30% of the time? Or actually, no, wrong 70% of the time, it works like 30% of the time. But the time that it does work is, as you mentioned, it's a Jamal Williams, and it's not necessarily a game. We know this about Jamal Williams. It's not like he's going to have 20 touches in this game, but it's that 50-50 share, and he got all the goal line work and he ends up with a rushing or potentially two rushing touchdowns. So that's kind of what you're trying to go with here is that the fact that, Hey, it's just the Jamal Williams week. It's not really a game script you can predict for him because it is Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. But we've seen that the entire year is even when Aaron Jones didn't have Jamal Williams, those games weren't what we wanted from Aaron Jones without Jamal Williams because it's the Packers. You just really can't predict their backfield despite being only two running backs from week to week, unlike the 49ers. So, I think a lot of people are going to be chasing, as you mentioned, the 49ers and chasing Coleman. And then the ones that aren't going to be like, oh, they're going to go back to Mostert. So you're going to get a lot of Mostert in that. So I'm going the Jamal Williams route.
2: I think that Mostert, Colonel Mostert, makes the most sense if you were to go to a Niners running back. solely because he's just way cheaper than Devin Coleman is now. Mm -hmm. Which leads me to believe like Matt Breda is probably... Somehow, with a play. Although, what he ended up playing last week, he played but like seven 17- snaps. Well, Coleman played 46%, Monster played 34%, and Breda played 17%. And it wasn't all just like garbage time for Breda. These guys were mixed and matched throughout the game. It's just Coleman got the important touches, and that's really all that matters. We look at Aaron Jones right. versus Jamal Williams. It was like an 84 to 11% split, but a lot of that had, and Tower Irvin ended up with like 8% of snaps too. He was just randomly on the field weirdly. It was 14, 84, 14, <laughs> 7. So they were playing some two back sets at some points but if you tell yourself the story in this game that San Francisco jumps out to the lead I would have to think that's when the margin between Jones and Williams shrinks a lot like you're not gonna if the Niners are up 10-0 after the first first quarter after the fourth quarter that would just be a game where you don't want anyone I suppose (laughs) but after the first quarter then you start seeing Williams get in for these passing down snaps at least that's how that's the story you need to tell yourself for Jamal Williams to have value
3: yes I would agree with you there but the big thing that you'll I'll echo what you said in Vegas and what you're saying right now is for everybody out there the biggest thing especially if it's only a four game or four team slate two game slate is you have to tell yourself something. You have to create this story that makes sense. And something we talked about last week is just make sure when you're doing it that you create this entire story and then don't make a lineup that, that makes no sense with it. Like, don't bring something back that goes contradictory to everything you just set up. Like, you're talking about the Packers. If you're going to go heavy in the Packers and say they're going to be up big and you bring it back to the defense and Jamal Williams, and all that. You don't put in Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams too. Like So you got to kind of create the scenario there.
2: Well, the one issue is that you you almost... There's no – with only four games, it's almost impossible to tell yourself a story that doesn't contradict each other at some point. True. So- you almost have to even have to have a one-off like if you love all that stuff but you're like i think marcus velva scantling is going to catch a 90 yard touchdown it's like well chuck him in then uh, i don't think yeah. that's going to happen but like you need to give yourself the option of an outlier especially a low owned cheap outlier too because like i said fading someone at the top and having them have a bad game is step one step two is finding the one or two players that are cheaper that come in at like no one's coming with, like, 1% ownership, but if you can get them at, like, 9%, no. almost like Kendrick Bourne last week. Like, if you can find the Kendrick Bourne of this week, and it could be Kendrick Bourne, for all we know, that <laughs> that is kind of the move that you want to make, and just box it. Like, you have the cheap guy who hits, and no one else does. Like, you you have to find that guy, and you need to be right, and that's, you know, hard to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like I have two of those, and that's why it's going to be hard to see this lineup win,
2: but it, it might yeah, well that they need to hit that. That's where we need to start off with this. For like the lock button on a running back, it's Damian Williams, right? Uh,
3: if you're going for that route yeah so uh, obviously and you said you always when i brought this up earlier like i don't play those but if you're playing cash just put damian williams in figure out the rest later tournament wise he's probably going to be chalky but as i've brought up before this is the chris Meady thing chalk isn't always the bad thing especially as you just mentioned how many players do you have to pick for him here it seems like if you can get damian williams in there unless you're just trying to go contrary and like my lineup doesn't have damian williams because that's because i'm just going with the hey i either finish and 100,000th place or, you know, maybe I'm in the top five and I bring home a nice chunk.
2: Well, the big thing with Williams is he played over 95% of the snaps last week, and there's no real script that he gets written out of if they're down by a bunch he's going to be on the field catching passes. If they're up by a bunch, he's going to be on the field running the ball. So I think that it doesn't – like, Derrick Henry is the safest, obviously, of all the running backs, but you're paying the premium for him. And there is a situation where he's at least limited because of game flow. We know the Chiefs can't stop the run, but the best defense to Derrick Henry, and no one's really been able to pull this off, is just get up by 14 really early. And then you're not going to see a ton of Derrick Henry. So –
3: that and that's kind of for my story that I'm chasing here. I kind of went with the Chiefs get up big and get up passing. And then maybe Damien Williams is just spelled a little bit to keep him fresh for the Super Bowl. Some of this whole whatever the rest situation the Chiefs have been using this year with LaShawn McCoy and all the rest and whatever that what's the NBA call it. I forget what they call it. Like a oh, minute restriction or something. Oh, I don't oh, know, whatever
2: lo- it is. Load management,
3: load management. Thank you. Yeah. So I kind of create a scenario here where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go with the chiefs passing game. They get up 21, 28, nothing in the first half. And maybe we don't see a ton of Damian Williams touches in general. They, we, they just put up four touchdowns in one quarter. So we know it could happen. So that's the only way. And even then you point your point, as you just said, Damian Williams is probably still on the field, even in the second half, a decent amount, unless they just completely take him
2: out and say, we're just going to make sure he's healthy. So that's kind of where I'm going. It's a slim case, though. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams is the most expensive. I actually think he is the most logical fade uh, of any of the highest priced players. You just hope that half the time he's on Sherman, the rest of the time. They just match him up with someone. Williams. And match him up with Williams and put a safety over the top and just be like, he's not going to beat us. And if that's the case, and they do commit resources to taking out Devontae Adams, then... Everyone else is kind of in play. uh, And that really feels like the skeleton key of the week. Can you pick the right Packers receiver who does something? (laughs) And it could be anyone. Like last week, uh, Camaro played 47% of the snaps. Lazard played 31%. Allison played 31%. MVS played 8%. Weirdly... Mercedes Lewis played 66% of the snaps last week in a very run-heavy game, obviously. And Jimmy Graham only played 38% of those snaps. We know that Graham is definitely going to be used more in the receiving game. But almost like Blake Bell last week, how he won a punt bunch of people money in showdown for the Chiefs, Mercedes Lewis is someone potentially in that offense who could just sneak a touchdown because he's going to be on the field. But if it wasn't Adams and he had to pick a Packers receiver, hey, who is it going to be?
3: so yeah the problem with Kumaro is that even with the like how many targets and opportunities he's getting I mean there's so many zeros on there and I know some of those games is not even out there as much but it's kind of what you know you talked me into it I'm gonna just take your guys you you were staying with the three of us you me and TJ Hernandez we're standing there and we're discussing and are talking about well if you're talking snaps and opportunities and targets you're talking Lazard but if you're talking about who could break the big one you talked about it. I I, I don't want to steal it. I'll just let you talk about what brought you to him. But I think Valdez Scantling is the cheap one to go after. But you give the reason because I don't want to take anything you just said because you're the one that brought it up.
2: He played five snaps last week.
3: I know, but what <laughs> but you're they talking were, but, about for But the they snap- were
2: win- but they were winning the whole way. So you have to assume that if they get down and that's what you're going with here, and they are seven and a half point dogs. I like them to cover, but you know, I'm wrong a lot that if they're down. No, but you brought bunch-
3: up more than that. Do you not remember?
2: No, I'm saying that if they do shift the coverage, you have to think, what is, what is he on the field for? He's the deep shot guy. Now, he drops it half the time. That's not great. But you just want to see if you can get that opportunity. So if they do make a concerted effort to take out Devontae Adams, especially with safety help when he's not lined up against Richard Sherman, then all of a sudden you have an opportunity for someone to get behind the defense. And if I had to bet who the guy getting the shot is, it would be Valdez Scanlon.
3: Yes, and one of the things you talked about too, we were talking about it was Jimmy Graham was used in blocking, also more, kind of almost like a, a just a space eater, just like take attention away, like we don't even care about you. You're just out there to just kind of get things clogged up in a little area, and then we can break it down field with somebody else. You're not, re- and that's Mercedes Lewis getting a touchdowns because Jimmy Graham's essentially just Jason Witten at this
2: point. Jason Witten, but not going like six for forty-two every single week. But <laughs> it, it's just funny, like the Packers <laughs> rolled at four t- different tight ends at. I mean, the fewest amount of snaps played by one of their four tight ends last week was 33%. So they're just doing a complete rotation. Because
3: is- they're all getting used the same way, because none of them are like, that great of a talent.
2: So I guess the way to do it would be to break down the goal line usage. And this is how I ended up on Kendrick Bourne last week, as we talked about, is he is just kind of involved in their goal line packages. He's not really on the field all that much, uh, comparatively. But when they get in close, they put him in. It's a lot like when you look at the Chiefs offense. Hardman is the one who's going to be on the field a ton uh, when they're in between the 20s and taking shots. And once they get near the goal line, inside the 10, it's Demarcus Robinson who's on the field, not McCall Hardman.
3: Right, but Marcus Robbins is another one that needs to hold on to the ball. So uh, I actually, I, I agree with you, though. This is the, These are the kind of opportunities you have to look for. And I, I, I think I've said that now three times I agree with you. This doesn't feel good at the end of the year to be like, I agree with you, I agree with you. Yeah, uh, too much. yeah it's just like
2: you're, Jake Seeley, noted expert in accuracy for fantasy rankings, by the time January comes along, starts to agree with worst place in accuracy, <laughs> Pat Mayo. Not a good idea.
1: Hey,
3: hey combined effort we got number one in defenses
2: yeah well yeah you listen to me for defense listen to you for the rest
3: <laughs> except tight ends no no this is good this is why you're doing tight ends i finished 90th in tight ends top 12 in the other three all
2: right i'll do your tight ends and defenses next year and combined we'll come yeah, in first yeah. place that's the move you'll do
3: my tight end is that what
2: you just said back that, that is what i'm saying listen we're in i'm in canada anything goes up here man
3: <laughs> i'm fresh off a trip from vegas i don't care anymore
2: Um <laughs> uh, who would be Adams, Hill, Samuel, and A.J. Brown and Sanders? Let's call those the quote-unquote safe guys, the good guys, the guys that are always going to play uh, across mm-hmm. these four teams. I think I think people will fade Adams, which then makes him somewhat interesting. It's tough, though, with him. He's just basically peppered with the ball over and over and over, and he's good enough that he can get away from this. But who is the lock receiver for you of those top guys? Is it Hill?
1: Uh,
3: it is and for me but i like i could just see where i mean i guess the lock doesn't really care if you care about the ownership being too high because i feel like he's just going to be such an easy drop down to save 700 bucks from everybody going to adams and everybody's going to talk about everything we just talked about you're worried about sherman you're worried about williams you're worried about the 49ers defense not being stupid of what we just saw last week and saying hey you don't really have much else in the passing game let's take away a top 10 wide receiver in the nfl and be smart about it and so i think a lot of people are going to be on hill but again to go back to it cash or chalk isn't always a bad thing but i think i think hill is the lock it comes down to the 49ers i actually think it's the second one and part of me is leaning sanders instead of debo for this one game
2: well, that would put you way off course with what the public is doing right now. So, like, early ownership projections show Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown to be by far the highest owned receivers on this slate. Then it's Adams and then it's Debo. And then below that, it's, like, Emmanuel Sanders. And Sammy Watkins is somehow still in this mix, too. I think people are talking themselves into Watkins being like, Watkins sucks, but here's the thing. No one's going to play him, <laughs> so I'll use him. But now everyone's doing that, so they're all using Sammy Watkins. Like, I would then honestly rather, get off DeMar- him. I would rather just use Demarcus Robinson. Like, he's on the field. Almost as much, and they use him in the red zone. Like, why not? And he's 3300 bucks.
3: Yeah, 100. And that's the biggest thing. It's like Sammy Watkins, I could talk myself into this for the same game. If Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns, Sammy Watkins might catch one. And But Sammy Watkins hasn't done anything since week one. And the only opportunity where you want to chase him is if nobody else is on him. As soon as he's, yeah, as you just mentioned, he was in my mind as somebody I thought we were going to talk about wide receiver for that very reason. But as soon as now you're saying that people have already talked themselves into, forget it. I don't want Sammy Watkins in my lineup.
2: Forget it. So, the other way to play this, and I think that the contrarian move of the slate is going to be Damian Williams, maybe another chief, whether it be Kelsey or whether it be Hill or Demarcus Robinson, whoever, and then go Tannehill and two pass catchers for the Titans. That's the way that you get out of fading Derrick Henry. Like, you can fade Derrick Henry and just say, the Titans are going to keep up in this game, but it's all going to be through the passing game. So, whether it's a tight end, whether it's receivers, and if it's not, like, A.J. Brown would have to be a part of that mix, but if you go to a different Titans receiving option, like... Who's it going to be? Because it looks like Adam Humphreys might play in this game.
3: Uh, we've played that game, and I'm, I'm kind of tired of playing that game. It was like Tajay Sharp and Adam Humphreys and all the rest. If Adam Humphreys does play, he would seem to be the one. I, I, the thing with A.J. Browns, I'm a little hesitant. Yes, the Chiefs did just get lit up by the Texans passing game. However for the majority of the season, the chiefs pass defense was actually really good. It was top 10. And then I say, it's not number one. We're not talking about the Patriots. I talk about the Ravens, but we're talking about a defense that you gave respect to. And I was already off of AJ Brown to come back to that for that situation. So, I don't want A.J. Brown because, like you said, he's going to be so popularly to own that he's going to get similar to what the 49ers are going to do with Devontae Adams. Why are you going to pay attention to anybody else in the passing game? Just take away A.J. Brown and say, let Jonu try to beat you. Let Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis try to beat you and focus your concerted efforts on two players. If the rest of the people beat you, you deserve to lose. Just focus on stopping Henry and Brown and all the rest. So if it's anybody else, it's not going to be Corey Davis. I think it would be Adam Humphreys for hopefully one of those, you know, Look, they tried to keep pace. They did keep pace. He ended up with nine targets, caught six for 90 yards and a score. And that's really what you're trying to go for with Adam Humphreys. And he's done it before this year.
2: Uh, and he did catch a touchdown in week 10 against the Chiefs as well. I know Mahomes was banged up in that game. And that game was in Tennessee. The other weird note from that game is, do you know who led Tennessee in receiving against the Chiefs last time around? Mm, not Corey Davis. Khalif Ka- Ka- Raymond? It was Khalif Raymond. One catch, 52 yards. He's sort of like... Tennessee's Marquez Velda scantling
3: And there you go, 100%. But did you know, led them in receiving 52 yards. The Chiefs' secondary is pretty dang good. And again, they got blitzkrieg in the in the first half. But after that, they kind of got their cells in check.
2: I'm just saying this as the contrarian route to a passing stack, it probably would go through. the. It goes through the Titans or the Packers. Like, that's that's the whole thing.
3: Yeah, I think it, I think that's the contrarian way to play. I went contrarian enough that I stacked a little bit. I actually went with the Kel- – I have Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I went Holmes, Hill, Kelsey. Like, I went – that's where I'm going. I'm going a high-end, high-pay stack. Hopefully, that differentiates me enough, including Henry, that everybody else, as you can tell, because if you try to build the lineup,
2: everybody else is pretty scrub price. Yeah, you could even throw Demarcus Robinson onto that lineup, too. We just hope the, you know, the Chiefs put up another 50 points, and that's how it's over.
3: Oh. Well, you can bring. So here's the question for you for what I'm doing here. Would you ever bring it back with Henry and Humphreys to say that Tennessee not only keeps pace, but keeps pace basically the entire game?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's viable, at least. I mean, you're, you're going to have to be the problem with a slate like this is you're going to have to be exactly right. So if you're going to be have to be exactly right. Having Derrick Henry is probably a good way to go about that. And if you have to continue to see the reports on Adam Humphreys, but it is looking like he is going to play but you know, maybe Corey Davis is the move. Maybe it is Raymond. Maybe they just take shots with him because they get down and they run some. Henry is so effective that they can effectively run play action off of it, and he appears to be their deep play guy.
3: He does appear to be there, and the good thing about it is, you know this very well, anytime you have that Q sitting there, People inherently kind of skip past those people, and he's all the way down at 3,000. He's got the cue. It's got that, which DraftKings does. It's got that nice little statistic right next to it about opponent rank, and there's it's red. So you've got a lot of triggers. <laughs> there, there's a word for you. A lot of triggers which are going to make people inherently go away from Adam Humphreys just almost like subconsciously.
2: Red zone for Tajay Sharp. Could that be a thing?
3: Uh, I I tried to make that case. What was it? Two, three weeks ago, I tried yeah. to do that, and I had yeah, but, Tajay but, Sharp but, in the but, line.
2: But but you're going to be wrong more often than you're right with players right. like this. So just because they had a bad week and did like had zero points, I think that's kind of irrelevant. Are they still on the field <laughs> in the red zone? Yes, they are.
3: It was two weeks in a row. I was like, hey, you can do it this because I just said what you said. So I I think that's just my own bias. You're right in what you're saying. It's just you know everybody knows how it is. It's just oh god, he burned me twice. I don't know if I could do it a third time.
2: Trying to see who else You know what he is, Pat? Who? He's due. (laughs) If he's due, then we got to use him. Uh, Can I just just go back to Kendrick Bourne?
3: Uh, You could. I think a lot of people won't because of what happened. They say, oh, that was his game. So it's not going to happen again two weeks in a row.
2: I can see myself going to Bourne again.
3: Look, we brought it up for like what you're just saying right now, everything with the Tajay Sharp thing. You brought it up for a valid reason, and it hit. And as you said, it's going to hit way less more than it's wrong, but that doesn't mean – again, that's a, here, this is a perfect segue off the do thing. Just because it happened last week doesn't mean it can't happen this week, and that's why I hate the word do, is because every individual effort, instance, opportunity in football, sports in general, is individualized. Yes, over a course of 100, you should have a norm. But that doesn't mean things can't happen three weeks in a row and then not happen for 14. So I, I think it's if, – look, if you're chasing low-end guys and you're chasing them for the red zone opportunity, Kendrick Porn, Tajay Sharp, these guys make sense.
2: I think there's an interesting way that you can play this. So let's say you wanted to build your flex and receiving core. You could use three of three or two of three of sort of the red zone type guys and hope you end up with two touchdowns out of them. I would say Demarcus Robinson, Tajay Sharp, and Kendrick Bourne fall into that mold. Or you could spin it the other way and say, I want my one play, big play, slate breaking type guys, throw them all together in a mix and hope that they hit. That would be like Valdez, Scantling, Raymond, and McCole Hardman. I, I think so you're, you, you're I, buying I,
3: three lottery tickets.
2: Yeah, but you are. But you're trying to say, you know, who do I want to put more faith in? The guy who's going to end up with three catches and 30 yards, but hopefully two of them are for touchdowns. Or the guy who could have two catches for 125 yards and two touchdowns, but is far more likely to have zero points. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like all, all the guys that I mentioned, the big play guys are like you know, the homeless version of Will Fuller.
3: Oh God. It's, I don't know. Will Fuller might be the homeless version of Will Fuller this year. I Maybe two games. Two games the entire year.
2: Better than Sammy Watkins. Ah, touche. And at least Will Fuller like sat out like five or six games or whatever it was. So you didn't even have to play him those weeks.
3: No, well, some of them he was actually out there and then just left early. Yeah. That was even fun. better on top of it. There's
2: a uh, good good God, Wolf Fuller. I hate you, Will Fuller. <laughs> Tight ends. Kittle or Kelsey or someone else? What's your pick?
3: I went Kelsey if you can get him because I think this. So that's why I I,
2: I don't think that salary restrictions, even at the high price is going to be that big of a deal this week.
3: See, that's okay. Well then I'll, I'll swing the question back to you. Then the reason I went Kelsey is because I felt like that was going to be an immediate differentiator because I felt like everybody is just going like I've initial my gut reaction was Kittle's going to be like 60% owned. he's 50 he's $1,300 cheaper and he's George freaking Kittle and it's a good matchup like I just felt like he was going to be the guy
2: I would go the other way with that I say even though he's more expensive everyone wants to invest in this Chiefs offense and Kelsey is coming off the best game of his career
3: well then if that's the case if their ownership's even close then I would just take the savings I wouldn't overthink it
2: okay how about this as a way to differentiate your lineup Janu, play them both
3: that's very interesting. I was gonna say the double tight end and play one of them in a Johnu or something like that. But I think even I, that will differentiate your lineup.
2: I, I don't even know if Johnu's the like John who's in the best situation out of every other tight end that's on the board, but I think that people are gonna do that for sure. Like if you do see a double tight end set, I can see Kelsey and Kittle being like relatively popular but I think that the move for savings wise because John is only 3400 bucks is take one of those two and pair them with Johnu but I don't think that like honestly in terms of raw fantasy points I don't think that Johnu is like substantially better than ferkser
3: no he's not we just saw that last game John got the first catch and then it was Ferkser with the touchdown and the only person to have two catches so uh I, I what you want to go down to 2500 and Mercedes Lewis you want to do that I, I, but I do I, like that
2: Honestly, I think if I was going to go down to $2,500, he would be my guy.
3: I'm looking right now, and that, that Kelsey-Kittle thing is you, – you've piqued my interest with that. It's, it's very it's very, it's very do
2: doable. It. It's very doable.
3: It is, because I'm looking right now, and right now my flex is 5200 and Kittle is fifty eight. dollars I could easily find $600 and move some guys
2: around. Let's see. Kelsey, Kittle. So, if you go Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, Kittle – You still have $4,400 left. So you probably, I know, I mean, you can throw, (laughs) like I said, you can throw like Demarcus Robinson into that mix. He's only 3,300. Now you're boosted back up to 48. Oh,
3: Hey Pat, you'll love this. My current lineup. If I slide into double tight ends and take who I had at wide receiver, I originally had Emmanuel Sanders. You know who that leaves me instead. Kendrick. Kendrick
2: There we go. Let's talk quarterbacks in these stacks. You hit Mahomes, everyone realizes Mahomes is the best player of the week. doesn't mean he's going to lead everyone in fantasy points, but going into the week when you're just objectively looking at it, he's the best play. Now, I tried this last week, and it didn't work. I tried a lot of San Francisco stacks with Jimmy Garoppolo. He was cheap. I didn't really care about what the price tag was because we just went through. I just took like the four price players of their position, and you can fit them all in. That's not a big deal. But – Everyone's going to have Mahomes. (laughs) Right. Now they should, but if you're trying to win one of these giant tournaments, do you just have to not take him and pray to God he doesn't throw for 505 touchdowns?
3: Well, so isn't the answer to either one, write yourself a scenario where Aaron Rodgers does well against the 49ers defense, or two, come back and just go the opposite side of it. Hope that Tannehill throws more than. 10 times or completes more than 10 passes and has one of those games earlier this year where like the big thing about Tannehill was that if you look at him for a fantasy perspective whether it's seasonal or DFS his numbers were great but he was on that Matt Ryan I said this to you he was on that Matt Ryan 2016 efficiency touchdown wise he was still only throwing is actually Lamar Jackson like he was throwing 200 yards 220 yards but three touchdowns two touchdowns cuz they throw a lot in the in the red zone which is weird when you have Derrick Henry so Maybe it's just come back with a Tannehill, Humphreys, and AJ Brown stack to completely opposite. But like you said, Mahomes is the chalk. Mahomes, everybody's going to be on him. You're going the other way on that big field because I see if you're playing something that has, I don't know, what are some of the bigger fields? They're like, what, 100,000 people in there? Like, you're not, you can't go past Mahomes. I don't see how you can unless you just pay up for Mahomes, Henry, Williams, Kelsey, and Kittle, and then just get pure dart throws at everything else that's the only way i could see you doing it
2: yeah the millionaire maker this week is one hundred and forty-one thousand entries. so there you go it. so okay let's try to talk about this then if you use mahomes how do you differentiate your lineup i do think that double tight end works and yes in this scenario if you actually do want to win although it's in against the percentages play use mahomes fade tyree kill and use mccall mccall hardman instead
3: I was going to say that. Would you still use Damian Williams? Depends. Probably. (laughs) Here's what you do because the Tyreek Hill savings is going to come with it is you take Mahomes, you do the double tight end, you fade Hill with and go to Harmon, but then you go Henry and Damian Williams because nobody's going to be doing Henry and Damian Williams. If they're going with the Patrick Mahomes and that stack with Hill, nobody can do it. You can't do it.
2: Yeah, this is true. If, what if I just what if I just ended up using Garoppolo, Kittle, and Bourne?
3: I think the Garoppolo Bourne both being in my line. I mean, it definitely could hit, but that that feels now you're de- you're definitely in the 1% there. Well,
2: that's good. That's where I want to be in a turn. Like on a four-game slate. Like, even if that has a 1% chance of happening, and I get it at let's say that stack is just so low owned, it's I don't know, five percent owned. Here's- and I can figure out the, the rest of my lineup elsewhere to really differentiate myself and make me unique, even though I know that's a very low probability chance of actually hitting in the context of what you just said, along with that ownership in a field that large. I think I would take that over having, you know, the 30th thousandth iteration of a Mahomes lineup.
3: Yeah, but I am I I kind of felt like this is the case. I'm looking it up right now off the top of my head. It was like, I just, I can't do Garoppolo in general. I told you that last week. I don't want to do the two 30-point games were both against Arizona. The only he only has one other game of over 20, and that was way back in week two in Cincinnati. I just I just, so there's three instances. I just can't do Garoppolo as a whole. I'm not saying you're wrong and it can't work because it has. It's just I I just I can't get behind Garoppolo in general. That's my problem.
2: Well, Garoppolo and Rogers have similar ownerships, at least projection-wise, from what I'm seeing right now.
3: I would just go Rogers.
2: It's 18% each on both of them.
3: I would just go for Rodgers because I know Rodgers, even against a great defense, could throw for four touchdowns. and to surprise me. The, I just told you the two teams. It's Arizona, Arizona, Cincinnati for Garoppolo. I don't know that he does it against the Packers because Packers secondary is decent enough that I just don't see how he gets four touchdowns, So touchdowns. And,
2: so, so you would be 100% Tannehill over Garoppolo?
3: 100%. 100%.
2: Okay. Defenses. Let's talk about this.
3: So that Which, means it's going to be the opposite.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs are the best D. Uh, I think I don't like that. I I mean, I really like it because, again, if you're telling yourself the scenario, even if you have the Mahomes whatever whatever stack, like looking for correlation with your defense is going to be really tough this week. That if you think that they get up by a ton, all that means is that Tennessee has to pass a lot, not run. And then you get the Chiefs defensive line teeing off on Tannehill. It's not like he's immune to getting sacked.
3: Nah, so you're chasing the sacks you know me I always I try to go you're always you're right well we did this is what the collaboration all year long, long long on the defenses I like to look for the interceptions as well and I just know Tannehill just doesn't throw him was he I have five six seven on the entire year and but, I don't but, know but he, that he's a,
2: okay so then the move is just to take the Packers because if we're going to actually talk about go. who on this slate <laughs> throws picks Jimmy G is actually the only one for this season that ha- do you get the feeling that Jimmy G is just going to play like garbage in this game
3: There's part of me that does we were talking about that and that's why i that's why the third part of the parlay was to take the packers to cover i'm i'm kind of with you on that now i'm not saying it would shock me if the 49ers came out and won 31 to 10 and just dominated the game But there's, yes, it's the sneaky gut feeling of watching sports and watching Garoppolo. That's why I just said I can't get on Garoppolo. I do have the Packers defense because I don't feel great about the Chiefs. The 49ers, I just think, are too common. But I think Aaron Rodgers, like he doesn't throw interceptions. He can get sacked a lot, though. uh, But I, I think the Packers are a nice play.
2: The move is if you do want to get contrarian at defense, and I'm probably not going to do this. Although I talked the Titans, about, yeah. Well, I talked about it against the Patriots the first week when we did it. Like if you just, all it takes is a touchdown. Honest to God, on this slate, and like I have them projected at five percent ownership on a four game slate. Like, uh, what if they get a return touchdown? Who is who is the returner? That's, is it Raymond?
3: I think it still is. I don't so, know because so, he got hurt, so I did not know if was, if he stayed there. Is he playing? Oh, no, no, no. I met earlier this year. I don't know. If, I was saying, I don't know if they pulled them off. I'm, I'm looking it up right now for you.
2: Yeah. Look, look that it's, up. If you're going to use the Titans defense, you have to use. No,
3: right. you're going to like this. He's the kick returner. You know who the punt returner is? Adam Humphreys.
2: Well, there you go. If you use Adam Humphreys, use the Titans D and hope that's how they score. But are we sure that there you go. are we sure that Adam Humphreys is going to return to his role? As obviously,
3: obviously you're trying to find, hopefully find a beat reporter out there that might know.
2: Hopefully. Do we know who returned punts for them last week?
3: Well, Humphreys wasn't back last week, was he?
2: No, I'm just trying to see. Um, punt returns last week. Zero returns for the Titans. Perfect. And both Jennings and <laughs> Raymond actually returned punts. <laughs> Perfect. I that. That okay, great. so how about this? If you use the Chiefs defense, and you're not playing just one lineup, use Chiefs D and DeAnthony Thomas.
3: Is he still returning punts? I thought he's, they pulled him off of it.
2: No, he's returning kicks. Oh, okay. He had three, he had, he he had three kickoff returns last week. Uh no, there yeah. No, that, sorry, that's for Baltimore. What the fuck am I doing? I'm just <laughs> it's, it's been a long <laughs> this week. This is the chief. Vegas trip, man. <laughs> it's, it's been a long week. Now uh, the fact that we're now looking at who returns punts and like can effectively return punts. Uh kick returns, Hardman. <laughs> that's that's adds, where we are. <laughs> okay, so after Hill fumbled his return last week, he was replaced by Hardman. So in lineups where you do it, using Chiefs D and Hardman makes some sense for that correlation because at least you get double so there points you go. if he returns it.
3: So then, who do you try to correlate with
2: the Packers defense? I, honest to God, have no idea who returns punts for them. <laughs> there you go. Let's see, punting. Oh, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Irvin is the one who's returning punts for them. I okay. I'm not
3: joking when I say that is actually interesting after the use from last week. Like maybe Jamal Williams just by being hurt for that little time, this opened the door and now Tyler Irvin gets that same use from last week. Maybe he gets a little work in their run game in the passing game and then returns. uh, That's, that's, Hey, you're 1% right there.
2: Especially if they get down as well. Like I could see that instead of what the case that we just made for Jamal Williams, maybe it is tower Irvin and maybe he sees 22% of the snaps. Like he's not going to be, yeah. but you need to get lucky somewhere and all here. in the
3: passing game. So
2: yeah. out of all of the, yeah. So out of all their snaps last week, Williams played nine Irvin played seven. Um, and Irvin also had both the kick returns and the punt returns played eight special team snaps as well. So that, that is something if you know, if you're trying to make a case for Packers D I mean if you play Packers D and Tyler Irvin you could take the rest of the players on the slate and just having Tyler Irvin in your lineup and Packers D should be enough to differentiate you everywhere else
3: yeah nobody's taking that nobody's taking Tyler Irvin at all
2: as they probably shouldn't but this is (laughs) where we're at here
3: Oh, psh, light it on fire right well, now.
2: Well, it, it's just like doing uh, if you use the Niners D and you like want to get tricky and not use any of the running backs and use Richie James.
3: I mean, you could look at it right now. You could just go with a full like kick returner lineup.
2: <laughs> well, the Herdman one actually does make sense because he's utilizing <clears> the, of the offense. makes a ton of sense. And if it, yeah. is, if it is going to be Raymond returning punts, I also get how that makes some sense too because they'll take a deep shot with him at some point. Yeah. So I agree. That'll do it. The Batman Mayo experience. Jake, what do you got coming out at the athletic now that football is over?
3: (laughs) uh, Recap my nap from Friday for after the week that we just went through Uh, (laughs) next week. uh, Recapping the season a little bit. We're going to I'm going to have a lot more dynasty football coverage this offseason for for everybody out there that's been asking for it. So that's going to be good. The podcast is still going. My podcast is coming back after this little hiatus that we had. And then your favorite fantasy baseball kicks up soon.
2: Oh, fun times had with fantasy baseball. Um, You love it so much. Have you ranked players for next year yet? Yep. I got to
3: adjust one already. (laughs) I had. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I had Antonio Brown as a low end wide receiver one because I did it three weeks. Well, almost three weeks ago now. Three weeks will be Monday. I had Antonio Brown as a low end wide receiver one because I said, somebody's going to take a chance. Look how many chances Josh Gordon got. Look at all these guys that they don't care. NFL doesn't care. You have talent, you're going to play. And uh, Antonio Brown on a team somewhere is going to be a wide receiver one. That was before the whole police thing. I have to move Antonio Brown down.
2: (laughs) Well, if you're doing dynasty, let's say Antonio Brown, the Antonio Brown owner in your league is looking to get rid of him. And basically for free, like you can basically have Antonio Brown. Would you just take him and stash him?
3: Absolutely. 100%. Okay. All
2: right. So maybe we'll yeah, do a no show sure in a couple that. weeks talking about next season's rankings after the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah. good. I'll do another. I do them right after the Super Bowl, too. So I'll have an update then. Perfect timing.
2: You see, that works out. And I can just use your rankings to talk about, so I don't have to do them.
3: Yeah. Do you want to do the tight ends, though?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll do tight ends. I'll rank fantasy defenses for 2020. It's going to be my move. Okay. We'll <laughs> That'll be ahead. really... Look at <laughs> dynasty defenses with Pat Mayo way too
3: early defense rankings. <laughs> 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 Gotta love it.
2: I'll, I'll phone Denny too. We can get way too early kicker rankings.
3: Oh God. No, I'm going to, I banned that part of the show. Did All you right. see that? By the way, we were playing Madden. <laughs> Did you see that? I was playing Mike Wright of the footballers in Madden. So it's, this is the greatest situation ever. So he gives the controller to JJ Zacharias and who throws a pick six to it, me immediately. And at the end of the game, I'm running out the clock. It's third and like, 19 on the 45 and i'm like i'm not kicking a field goal but i pulled out the field goal formation for like a 62 yarder he's like you're not kicking a field goal i'm like you're damn right or not fake field goal pass to eric fisher for 25 yards to win the game
2: well jj should have seen it coming
3: no that was mike at that point oh
2: so he had given the controller back to mike
3: Yeah, it was just that one play that Zach Raston got to play. One play only.
2: Thanks, JJ. That's that's, uh, JJ's secret move to take down the footballers. (laughs) Although, as as we learned from the award ceremony, there's no award that between Andy, Jason, and Mike that they can't win. No,
3: there's not. It's a good thing they weren't in the betting category.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is true. Then I would have been completely shut out. But anyway, Jake, uh, it was good seeing you. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, follow Jake on Twitter at kid, and you can find all of his work up there. You can follow me at ThePME, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars, here's what you do. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review. DraftKings handle something you like about this show. Winners will be announced on Monday show with Jeff Feinberg. So download that to see if you won. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck to championship games. I'll see you next
1: time.